you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card member, you'll know a thing or two about an expertly packed capsule wardrobe that balances business and leisure. So you can go from conference sleek to cocktail party chic with a few new accessories. You can hustle from 9 to 5 before exploring with ease from 5 to 9. Because you're the chief excursion officer. The Delta SkyMiles Platinum Business American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know business. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. The friend zone. My eyes are green. Cause I eat a lot of vegetables It don't have nothing to do with your new friend My goodness mm-hmm. Out of the mouths of babes She's over 18 though, so she's allowed in the karaoke lounge okay? <laughs> She was able to get in here, rightfully so but that was uh, Erica Badu's daughter, Puma, mm. covering here. one of her signature songs, My Eyes, Green Eyes. Now, we all know, you know, you got to be able to really sing to be able to hit those notes that Erica and was hitting. And those changes, um, okay? And Please. those changes, the key change, okay. the, key, the, the, the key change, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hitting those key changes. So that was just, it was beautiful, and that was her. That's Erica Badu's daughter. That's her God damn daughter her whole f- Can y'all and believe that's her that? whole face too while we add it face <laughs> voice all of the things she seemed a little nicer though we do know that uh, <laughs> we do know that erica badu you know can be a little cold prickly you know what I'm saying? But that's why we love her and we love her art her baby seemed nice so she that was her goddamn daughter that's oh puma goodness, and she has so a beautiful cool. voice uh, singing Green Eyes here in the Friend Zone Karaoke Lounge. And the Karaoke Lounge is at the Friend Zone, which <laughs> is your weekly look into all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene, because who in the hell wants a unnatural green eye, right? <laughs> if you got green eyes, goddammit, you better have been born with them, otherwise you don't walk around <laughs> looking like this. Okay. In the words of Crystal, <laughs> please don't wear contacts. You know how she hates contacts. Yeah, because <laughs> yo, I was. You look so like funny. you can't see when you got color. People with color contacts look like they can't see. That's why that's why it be so funny because they always be looking. Huh? What? What's going on? Every time. <laughs> I went to Crystal House last week for a distraction and distract idea because we were watching Drag Race and them drag queens was coming down the runway with them contacts and Crystal kept going. See, the look <laughs> just brings me right to the eyes. It kills me how <laughs> much time. she hates them. This is one of the funniest things. It's so random. It's like, why does she hate them <laughs> so much? <laughs> but how are your weekends? Coming down the drag race runway. <laughs> oh, wait, no. <laughs> Dustin hasn't done his tagline, so we can't even start yet. Go ahead. Oh, hey, friend. Hey, Sante. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
I did it. We ushered it in, right? We just started talking. That's all. Okay. It's fine. It's one of those days. Uh-huh. It's okay. We hanging in yeah. there. End of the year. You know what I mean? We're a month away. We just holding on. That's why we holding on. That's exactly what we're doing. Holding on. Oh, my goodness. So, Asante, you have this week's Black Business for us. Go ahead and bless us with that. I do. I And, and you know what, friend? Do you know what time it is? Well, uh, twelve twenty. Yeah, right. West Coast. This is West Coast time. <laughs> I got that for you. Time. I, uh... Well, it's Black Business time. 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 This week's time, Black time, Business time, of the Week is brought to you by Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of Black talent. So we're dedicating this segment to the HBCUs as well. One of the ways Target is teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge, where students submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. This year's winners are from FAMU, Bowie State, and Hampton. Check back during Black History Month to see the latest winners' designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Celebrate your legacy. Invest in the future. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. And if you don't know what time it is, Tally and Twine, they have the time, okay? Okay, Tally and Twine. There is a watch company, (laughs) Tally and Twine, excuse me. You know, I know I'm I'm a little country, so that twang hit when I said twine. (laughs) But it's tallyandtwine.com. They sell watches, all kinds of watches. And actually, if you go to the homepage of the website, you will see our sister Kia on this looking Wait, what? Hold on. Kia is on the front page of this website. And I was like, what is going on? But the company was actually founded by an HBCU grad um, from Albany State University, Randy D. Williams. And all right. it's just so crazy that Kia was on this website. I was like, oh my God, we talk about <gasps> Look black at Kia, y'all. Oh, he's about to share. Oh, look at her. Uh, go ahead, Kia. What a beautiful picture, too. Sis, look at yes, you. Yes, they have men's collections, women's collections, so stainless steel, leather bands. They've got all types of watches. And these are classy watches. So if you want you some Very nice, nice watches. talking pieces, conversational pieces, Ooh. art pieces to your outfits, they've got every... T- and this is just the for her. They've got for him. They've got sets. You know, if you want to oh, do his and nice. hers, his and his, hers and hers, yeah. everything you want to... Yeah, that rose gold looks really, really beautiful. Well, these are definitely nice. Yes, yeah, right? so tallyandtwine.com. That's T A L L E Y A N D T W I N E dot com. And you can just look at the website. Again, you'll see our sister on the front page looking beautiful. And then mm-hmm. you'll see all their beautiful products as well. Shout out to Tally and Twine because they have the time. That was perfect. Mm. I'm, I'm really not a watch person, but I always tell myself, like, I want a good watch, you know? Yeah, Even if you're not a watch nice. person, you always feel like you need to have a good watch just for the. For the days you're in the Especially when you get in your 30s. Yes. <laughs> you get in your 30s, you'll be like, I got to give me a goddamn watch. <laughs> I got to give me a watch for real. Your arm feel naked. Once you're 29, you'll be all right because your hand's in the air. You probably... <laughs> You know, once you get in your 30s and you're sitting down more and holding armrests more and writing stuff, writing shit out, signing leases and deeds more, 
you need a wristwatch. You know what I'm saying? And it's holiday season, so a perfect gift to get somebody, and they've got mm, gift cards. Mm. Right? Yeah. Go ahead and add that to your Ana Luisa order. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, okay. So last week, we actually had two episodes, which is pretty cool. We get in our bag. We had one titled Just Add Water. It was a shoot the shit episode, which is always our favorite. And of course, those of mm-hmm. you listening had a lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? Well, you know, I had to stand behind the gates. You know, mm-hmm. our, our family behind the gates had so much to add to the conversation. I want to give a shout out to Ron. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. Rondé Gerardo. <laughs> Rondé says, Kelly's death was all fun and games until they were taking turns saying kind words about her at the diner and made me think she was dead for real. They were talking about the little clip where we talked about Insecure. Um, yeah. yeah. I just, I, Insecure is just so great this season and it's so sad that it's coming to a close and I just can't stop thinking about that. So I shout know. out to Insecure. Fran, what about, oh, and shout out to Insecure T, Fran, because you and Chris have been doing the work. thank you. <laughs> so fun. What about you, Fran? What did you find out there in them streets? So funny enough, um, I Coco underscore no Chanel tweeted me this hilarious video, TikTok video <laughs> of a young lady who discovered that her neighbor was a radio host and he was talking shit about her. <laughs> <laughs> And so this I Coco underscore no Chanel said, this is Hey Fran Hey when her neighbor finds her podcast. <laughs> Me finding out my neighbor is a radio host. I just don't want to make small talk. Like, I'm that way. I have a new neighbor and all she wants to do is talk, 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 talk. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what this is. I live here. Yeah, she got the wrong neighbor when she came next to you on that one. Wanting small talk. You know what's so funny? She literally said that. She goes, I was so excited. I just moved here from Philly. I was excited to move in the building, get to know my neighbors. And then I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my bad, girl. Don't talk to me. (laughs) 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 Sometimes you need to hear it. Sometimes you need to hear it. So the funny thing is, is I was telling the guys that I actually need to stop talking about them because my neighbor, um, the UPS person, listen to me talking about stop talking about them as I talk about them. So my UPS dude accidentally, no, the USPS, let me not knock you at UPS. USPS dude Mm -hmm. left a package of mine on her porch. So now she knows the government and you know what people do. When they have someone's Google. full name, Google. <laughs> so I. She probably she probably listened to every. She, she probably on the second year of the friend zone <laughs> by now. Hopefully she started hey girl. on episode one back in 2015, so she'll have some time to catch up and didn't start with the recent one. Because <laughs> because I'll be out of here by the time she gets to 2021. Okay. No, but all jokes like aside, good, girl. I thought that was really funny because that really is me. But the girl looks sad. So I was like, oh, let me stop talking about them on the podcast. Maybe I should stop. But Dustin, what you find in the Twitter streets? Because you know that's where I'm at. <laughs> in these streets. Of course. We ain't did that in a while. Okay. That was another Easter egg for y'all real friends on list. I shouldn't say real, but for the people that's been here from the beginning. Right. You know what I'm saying? All right. First tweet we got to highlight exactly. It's coming from The Hollywood Reporter. Um, They tweeted that the fact that Garrett Morris, you guys know who Garrett Morris is, 
uh, oh, like yeah. actor, been in everything. Icon. So Garrett Morris, he was the first black cast member on NBC SNL, and they said it's of no minor oh, significance. Wow. He came out the gate shattering barriers, confronting racism, that. and busting taboos. Yes, a random known fact, but Garrett Morris was the first black cast member on SNL. So shout out to Garrett Morris. Also shout out to Alex English, who is actually a writer this season yeah. on oh, SNL. Alex shout out to Alex too. That's yep. crazy. Yes. Congratulations. Wow. Big congrats. That's nuts. Okay. He didn't came up. For real. Okay. <laughs> That's yes. crazy. Um, also, the next tweet comes from Paramount Plus, who tweeted, it's about to get real. The real world homecoming Los Angeles premieres exclusively on Paramount Plus November 24th. <gasps> you guys know that Paramount has been doing these real world reunion mm -hmm. homecoming seasons where they bring back the original cast members, you know, 20, however many years it's been since their original um, season. And the real world Los Angeles, which was the second season of the real world, uh, they are reuniting that cast. And we all know that that is where the world was introduced to Tammy Roman. Oh, Tammy Roman was a wow. part of that cast. This, <laughs> she oh, had a wow. very controversial mm -hmm, scene mm -hmm. that put a lot of people on, you know, one side of the fence when it came to their opinion of her. Um, and it looks from the trailer for this new season on uh, Paramount Plus like they're going to actually talk about that. And it's going to get really, really heated between her and the guy, David, who was a part of that scene. If you whoa, saw it, you know what I'm whoa, talking about. Whoa. If not, you can Google Tammy Roman and David um, from the real world and you can find the scene online um, and you'll see a lot of people have feelings about you know her actions during that scene so it'll be quite interesting I should say sure. to revisit that and to just see how Tammy moves you know as a part of this cast with her experience now because Tammy has come a long way from her basketball wives days mm -hmm. um, she is a legitimate actor working in scripted television on multiple shows right now and doing a damn good job too so her evolution is something you know to be heralded of you know, and made note of um but i'm gonna see because i was one of the people that was pissed at tammy back in the day you know i remember i got a memory like like a side <laughs> of a hill okay i can remember and i know i remember i remember root tree roots down deep down in the ground i remember all the way back in the day and i remember what tammy did <gasps> okay so i want to see how this shakes out um, this is just a reunion world. or a new season it's a new, it's a, a, a season, it's episodes. <gasps> it's a, it's on Paramount Plus. Yeah, they sit in the house together, I think, for like a, I don't remember how long, maybe two weeks or whatever, what? but it's episodes. Yeah, because you know they got to get back to their real lives. But yeah, they sit for around sure. and they reminisce about how, how things were then, how things changed. Because I watched part of uh, season one, or where they brought back season one. Right, I saw um, like the so. first couple minutes, mm -hmm. but. With Heather B. Yes. And, and the first uh, And that first dude cast, that was yeah. a politician. Yeah, I remember mm -hmm. all that. Oh. The last tweet I want to highlight. Yeah, so, ooh, ain't that Y'all didn't even know y'all was going to get y'all excited now, <laughs> ain't you, niggas? I told you. Um, let, okay. let me go ahead and reactivate my Paramount Plus. <laughs> Next tweet I want to highlight. Actually, the last tweet is by, at, written by Hannah, um, whose name on Twitter is Fiona Applebum says, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to say that, but I will show it to Patreon. Look what her name is. Oh. You can see it, you can see it. Now, why would I say that on the show? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't say that. But anyway, she tweeted. <laughs> she said, there, <laughs> she said, there was no way for me to know what song was going to play when I clicked on the video. 
and she uh, quoted a tweet from Film Updates who said, Kristen Stewart for the Spencer premiere. So it's a video of Kristen Stewart, the actress from Twilight, the one that looked like she'd eat her cuticles. Oh she my was, God, um, Kristen, you know, you ever seen a red fingertip motherfucker? It just looked like they bite <laughs> the shit. Not just they fingernails, bite the, the meat <laughs> off the tips of their fingers and the cuticles down to the quick of their nails. <laughs> That's her. But she was getting ready for the Spencer <laughs> premiere. And so the girl said she couldn't tell what song was playing. Listen to what's playing, y'all. What? Okay, stop. Okay, stop. <laughs> so why would Kristen Stewart post a picture? I look, <laughs> on and on is the jam. So I get it. I feel you, girl. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that was so random. Like, Very that's much funny so. Yeah, <laughs> you might have expected, like you know, let the bodies hit the floor. The you know, some shit like that, or you know, some nine I want to rock and roll <laughs> all night. You know, some shit like that. Nope. You know, they had so nine and Trent Reznor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but she over there, she she was born underwater with three dollars <laughs> and six dimes, <laughs> apparently. I'm crying. And that that's, that stuck with me. I said, well, damn, do she, is she, okay, well, she a little, all right, okay. No wonder they she call it Twilight. Stuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, oh, she was shoot. moving. I said, all right, go on, girl. <laughs> I said, that's a, I like, that's a, my kind of white woman. Because, <laughs> you know, when you got somewhere to be, you put all that shit on, you know, when you putting that shit on, getting dressed, you be put, listening to that shit in the background. Right, so that's for her, her to be feeling herself and putting that on and on. <laughs> and she was rolling her, well, it wasn't really a body roll because she's very, Thin built, like mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't. She's not. So it was more of a writhing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it was like a, a, a. You know how you say you have a a knee jerk reaction. She had a knee jerk body movement instead of a roll, but she was still in the pocket with the music. So I love that. Analysis. That's all I have this week <laughs> for, the, for the Twitter oh shit. That's all I have. I didn't uh, know she was ooh. like that. I very I thought she had a dark side, but she was jamming. Dustin kills Go ahead. me. So I also want to take some <laughs> she time. Looked, she looked like she would kill oh, no. me. <laughs> no. That bitch was eating people in Twilight and shit, <laughs> sucking blood. You know what I'm saying? I'm scared of the motherfucker. That's why I, you. this is the first time you ever heard me say anything about her ass, because I've been living in fear. Okay, head down and out the way. I don't want no trouble. My you know what I'm saying? Already. Listen, I was like on the Charlie's Angels in. now. <laughs> She ain't got was no she? That's why I was surprised that she was there For the remake, they remade it, and she was mm. one of the leads for that. Okay. Which position was she holding a gun in? Was she doing like this? <laughs> <The> Dustin. Like <laughs> <laughs> so I also want to take time to shout out our bonus episode for those of you who haven't listened. We did an episode yes. called Afropunk Reimagined. You can go ahead and check that out. It's on every podcast platform, right on the same feed where our main show drops. Run that up. Run that up, right? And we have a couple more for you on the way, too, which is pretty cool. You know we love our partnerships with Target, so had to remind y'all yes, that that do. is out there. And thank you also for all the comments and just the excitement that y'all were feeling when you saw that bonus episode pop up on your feed out of nowhere. That's always the fun part for us too. To and let me tell you, let me tell you why y'all should listen to the bonus episodes, right? Because when we did those bonus episodes in partnership with Target, you know, we had respect for that. You know what I'm saying? We feel like we had really <laughs> earned that, and so we treated it as such. So if you ever want to hear me be funny without saying stuff like. <laughs> 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 
you know, <laughs> all those horrible words. You know, I don't cuss on the bonus episodes. I really tell clean jokes. So if and you want to listen to range. an episode in front of your children, the yes, there you go, okay. friend. If you want to play something, well, I can say it on this one because this ain't that. If you want to hear <laughs> in front of your kids, some <laughs> you ain't got to, you know, worry about bleeping nothing out. Listen to those bonus episodes, <laughs> you know? Right. Listen nice, to those. Nice, clean family fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> Minus the words like, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well, since you're here. Right. You know. Don't worry, Ty, Ty will bring them back around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, you can be the new Jocelyn meme. I need Suck a- my b- you know, all those horrible things I say on this show, I don't say them on the bonus episode. So make sure you check those out. Well, we do, out. but we get them edited out because we forget. Yeah, hopefully. Right. We be forgetting. <laughs> but it's I funny sure if do. you watch because we be like, oh, oh, wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it'll be grown. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them, but time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. So this week's episode, I feel like it's been a minute since we've done like a conversation. Um, I wanted us to get a a little deep dive. I wanted us to get in our psychology bag, but I I couldn't really find anything that was calling to me. But there was bits and pieces of conversations I've been having. And you know how I, I feel like that's always a message to me. Like, okay, there's something kicking up in the collective around this conversation since I keep seeing it come up. Um, It started with Kia and I having a conversation about upward mobility and whether that's an illusion. You know, being that I moved here, y'all know Kia got a beautiful house in D.C. Beautiful, ground up. It is built from the ground up. Literally a custom build, which which if y'all know is goals (laughs) because you get to sit and design every aspect of it down to the down to the windowsill, the trimming. I mean, it is a pleasure to be able to do that and, and and a luxury. And I'm so glad that our sister had that opportunity. So that's what made us get into that conversation just about how much our lives have changed. Cause if you guys know, Key and I have a similar background, you know, kooky, crazy childhoods <laughs> coming from literally nothing. So we were kind of just bonding on the changes that we've experienced and how that's changed our lives as a whole. So in having that conversation with her, I also had a conversation with Crystal where she was talking about this uh, black TV executive who was telling her, you know, you have to play nice with white people if you want to get far in this game. 
You have to be willing, quote unquote, to play the game. They was telling Crystal that? Right, of all people. And you heard what Chris Fran said. Crystal was telling me that somebody <laughs> told her. So you see how it was received, right? Crystal told her, girl, let me tell you what this was. <laughs> right. <laughs> Me, you okay, know, go, go. of all motherfucking people. So it was kind of funny because this is an exec and a um a person who was doing extremely well and has even become somewhat mm-hmm. of a gatekeeper in the industry. So it's interesting to know that that's how that person feels mm-hmm. about what upward mobility looks like and how it should be treated and how it works. Um, so, you know, having that, and then I don't know if you guys watched the most recent episode of Insecure this past weekend yeah. where Issa was working with Kofi Cerebo, who was like an artist named Crenshaw, <laughs> which this name had me dead. I was like, look at yeah. Dustin's face. <laughs> I turn you into Ralph Demon. You hear me? Not Ralph Angel. You be Ralph Demon. <laughs> So if you remember in the episode, they were clashing. Black, out. <laughs> Black me out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The, no, this you, is sorry. good. This is good. Y'all know I love the banter. So you know that. I bet it is good. <laughs> so you, if you watch the episode, you know that there was a bit of conflict between Issa, mm-hmm. who has now completely stepped her game up in business. She has this company that throws events together and, you know, they they range from local events to big events. This was part mm-hmm. of like a museum act she was putting together. So you're seeing her rise in ranks in quote unquote upward mobility. And you see how the difference between her and Kofi's character where he was more concerned with his art and the vision and staying true to it and the authenticity. And she was more so like, okay, I get that. But in order to succeed, we got to play nice with the white people, you know? Mm -hmm. And she was like kind of stuck in the middle of wanting him to do what felt right, but also, and you know, and holding his vision, but also maintaining the notes (laughs) that her uppers were giving her and kind of trying to find to hold space for both sides so neither side would be mad at her or feel like they weren't listened to. You know, so it's a hard position for her to be in. But at the end of the day, she sided with the white men over the community that she's supposed to be representing. So this is a conversation I wanted to have, especially with us as creatives um, and people whose lives are changing from where we started to where we are now. Do you, have you found, first of all, do you think that upward mobility is a thing? Do you think it's an illusion or do you think it's a real thing that is possible in the world that we live in today? That's my first question for y'all. Have y'all experienced it? Do you see the changes or do you think it's an illusion? Progress and growth are very real things, especially when you are able to package them as a career track right Mm -hmm. so upward mobility is a very real thing you can in fact be doing better than you were you know what i'm saying and continue to do to do better than you have done previously you know what i'm saying so yes i believe upward mobility is a real thing where i think that the confusion um surfaces is when people when people identify upper mobility as something peaceful or, a, or something that is absent of stress <laughs> or anxiety of any sort, yes. you know what I'm saying? New levels, new devils, mm-hmm. more money, more problems. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have, 
it stress is just going to materialize and look differently as you have different experiences and occupy different spaces, you know? Um, so I definitely think upward mobility is a real thing. I welcome it. Mm -hmm. I want it. <laughs> I want to keep having it. I don't never want to let it go. Right. And I think that the real work and what really makes like champions, right. And separates, you know, those who can from those who can't is being able to find that sweet spot of balance between not sacrificing the integrity of whatever your work is with also packaging it and presenting it and, and qualifying it, defining it, communicating the intention of it so that it can be palatable for the powers that be mm -hmm. so that you can have this work exposed to a larger audience. So your job and what makes people that do what we do and whatever you do dope, what makes you good at what you do is being able to find that balance of not sacrificing your integrity artistically or creatively and also learning how to present it to whoever it needs to be presented to so that it can go out to the masses and really impact the communities that you intend to. So that's what makes you good at what you do when you're able to find a balance between those two things and go forward. So you feel that it, there is a way to stay authentic and also play the game somewhat play the game without like completely selling yeah. out to it. Yeah, because you have to. Most people who have that, um, most people who have that thing, right, that, that we're talking about staying true to, most of them don't have the resources to get it out, okay, and to get it exposed to people so that it can, it can do the work that it's intended to do. Mm -hmm. So you have to, quote, unquote, <laughs> play the game to a certain extent. You have to, uh, you have to, there's ways that shit goes no matter what industry you're in. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You can be successful without compromising your artistic integrity you can do that it's possible um you just have to learn how to and figure out how to get it done without sacrificing any of that right and you have to keep trying until it works so yes i do believe you can do both okay for sure <laughs> asante any mm -hmm. thoughts on that um so i definitely believe in upward mobility i think and i agree a lot with what dustin says i just feel like the problem is Upward mobility, be, it, it, everything is a game of some sort, but because there are so many players, so many people add whatever their own rules are. So it's like upward mobility for some might be just as simple as going to school, get an education, get a high paying job, work their way up. But then other people feel like, you know, oh, well, I could have done that, but I had X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, you don't know what the other person had to go up against to become successful. But it's irrelevant because success is personal to each per, uh, person anyway. So it's really about how you're going to get there. And, and authenticity, I feel like people hold so much to being authentic and staying true to themselves that sometimes they lose themselves in that meaning. And I think uh, that, again, goes back to too many people adding their own rules to you know whatever this game is. Honestly, the game is life, and there are no rules. But you meet so many people that say, oh, well, you got to play this way. You got to play this way. So it's like maybe you can become successful by adapting to whatever their way is for a period of time, and that will help you get to a new level. And then maybe you can keep a part of that lesson for whatever the next lesson is. Or maybe you let go of that lesson to get to the next level and get another lesson. Like I just know that there are different paths for everybody. But upward mobility is a real thing. It just may not be accessible for to everybody or, or everybody may not feel like they're able to get to that for whatever reason. 
Dustin, Dustin has his hands up. Real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you you tied this into that episode of Insecure because I think they illustrated brilliantly what I'm speaking of right now, right? Mm-hmm. Here's an example. If Issa had not done the work to get her company, The Block, to where it was, right, and have access to even put on the museum show, Kentron, what was his name? Crenshaw. Uh, <laughs> Crenshaw. <laughs> He would not have had the stage to then make the risky choice to go against what they they had told her, you know, the show had to be in order for it to go off. Mm-hmm. He was in a position to even take that risk because Issa had made her company uh, attractive to these investors and to the, these people who could create that opportunity for them. So you have to have both things working in unison. She got the company where it needed to be to give him the opportunity to put his art on display fooled out, not diluted in any way, shape, or form. And then what happened? The people loved it, and we moved forward. There was progress made. So it takes both, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had nowhere to do the damn show in the first if Issa place. wouldn't mm-hmm. have, quote-unquote, played the game to give him the platform. You get what I'm saying? I do, and, so I, it, has and to it makes be. me wonder if, if that's the key kind of tying back to this ecosystem thing that we always talk about where like it takes the one mm-hmm. person to play the game to then bring up push up the ceiling a little bit and then the next person can play it a little less and then the person after that can play it a little less until like the last person can finally just show up as their full self you know kind of on the heels of everyone else before them so i kind of do see how that has happened because even in social media you see how the landscape has changed so much in the past decade based on everybody kind of doing their part pushing the scene forward pushing the culture forward and creating and holding space for these younger creatives to kind of just be boss to the walls now like it's just a different game (laughs) you can really talk how you want to talk move how you want to move uh-huh Funky Dineva makes a great point about this um, when he does interviews. I've heard him talk about this several times, how he had an opportunity um, to go be on the radio in Atlanta um, after Miss Sophia, another very talented on-air personality um, and big figure in the LGBT community um, in Atlanta. Shout out to Miss Sophia. But after Miss Sophia left the radio, V103, Funky Dineva was going up there working. Oh, that would have been crazy. Funky Dineva said he had a call with Miss Sophia, and he told her, like, listen, you know, I just want you to know they're considering me for this position. I want you to know so it's no, you know, backdoor conversations going on. Is there anything that you want me to 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 know or, or make happen? And he said Miss Sophia was like, Yes, you always have to leave the door open for the person behind you. Mm. Me, she was like, I left the door open for you. You make sure you leave it open for someone else. Meaning, now that you're in that position, okay, and placed in the position to do the work, do a good fucking job. Leave a good impression on these people's minds so that the next person that's like you will be considered easier. Right. Okay? More easily. So that's the responsibility you have. You have to get in, do your job well, and make it easier for the people that come after you. And if you call that playing the game, then that's what it just is. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of times people confuse (laughs) playing the game with some sort of... Yeah, and it's not well. Let's just define playing the game. That's what that's what people need to do. Figure out what playing the game means to you, right. because it doesn't always mean selling out in some capacity. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I had a Shit. I had a Spanish teacher in um <clears throat> in high school. She was a spellmanite. She made that known all the time. Oh, but I'm she sure. always said, <laughs> mind you, she was the Spanish teacher. Shout out to you, Miss Ramos Mitchell. If your if your family is around, I hope they're well. She was amazing. <laughs> she always said. Even before Spanish, like before anything, she was always like, if you 
if you want to be in the game, you got to play the game if you want to be successful in life. And we were always like, Senior Mr. Ramos Mitchell, like, what are you talking about? Like, well, you keep talking about this game, but she was really meaning like, you know, you got to act right. Like, you know, you got to learn, you got to learn this language. You got to, you know, be cultivated. You got to be good within yourself. She was just always, because what we didn't realize at the time, or what I didn't realize rather, she was administrator first, teacher second. So that's why she was always talking to us the way she was talking to us, as opposed to just coming in and being like, all right, I'm gonna teach y'all Spanish today. She was really trying to give us life lessons first. And it always sticks with me in any, like, it could be the randomest moment. And I just think of her saying like, like you got to play the game if you want to be successful in life. And it doesn't even mean like, it, it never even takes me out of like, oh, you got to go pretend or, oh, you got to go do this. It's really just me just stepping up to the plate. You know what I'm saying? And for some people, they get so lost when they think of, uh, like when someone's like, even in a conversation when someone's like, hey, you got to play the game. If it's like a blanket statement, they just might become like overwhelmed. Like, oh, now I have to subscribe to some system somehow. And it's like, you don't have to. You just have to figure out how to make this system work for you or work your way with, through the system to get to whatever's next. <laughs> Dustin's making what's faces and cracking me up. Because I, I feel you. Like, what's <laughs> this really pisses me off, though, because a lot of times when you're trying to do better, people can, can vilify that by saying you're playing the game or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. What's playing the game? Having a deck put together for your idea? being able to secure a pitch meeting, being able to effectively communicate whatever your idea or concept is to a group of people who can give you access to make this thing actually happen. Is that playing the game? Being able to have a conversation, you know, with 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 people. What the fuck is wrong with that? <laughs> so here we supposed to just so here's, be raggedy forever. <laughs> not raggedy. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? Um like when people's favorite rapper, right? That's like a backpack rapper, kind of like what happened to um, Black Eyed Peas, where they were like these back rap. No, listen, these backpack rappers spitting that, you know, knowledge or whatever you want to fucking call it. And then as they started getting more and more pop hits. <laughs> Dustin, <laughs> Dustin is over here killing me. As they started getting more and more pop hits. They changed, you know, mm -hmm. they brought in a white girl. They started, they were like, fuck that, rat, that like, you know, um, hotep rap, fuck that conscious rap. We making money. And they were down to play, quote unquote, the game because it brought them more money and made them more palatable on a global scale. And it was just easier for them to navigate the system if they were willing to be that you know what I mean and so that's the part that I think is the game it's like how far are you willing to go because you do know that the more palatable you are uh, in proximity to whiteness the higher you're gonna go up that's just what it is and so I think it's less about like decks and you know how you speak in a meeting but you have to be real that there is a watering down that has to happen well what if we got that fucked up though friend right mm -hmm. because i look at the black ip situation specifically right a little bit differently mm -hmm. i feel like based on the what we, now we've been exposed to like will i am specifically we've been exposed to like his personality his personality <laughs> over the years mm -hmm. He's one of the voices, one of the chairs on the voice. You know what I'm saying? We've seen his choices. To me, he seems more in alignment with who he is and his 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 what he likes and what he wants to do now, as opposed to the beginning. Mm -hmm. I feel like they probably were posturing in the beginning, wanting to appear as 
backpack rappers or conscious rappers or whatever mm-hmm. posturing for acceptance because they were the always they were misfits socially they probably loved that pop white uh aligned or adjacent music mm-hmm. that style that's probably their preferred choice and that's why once they blew up they made those changes to get closer to who they really are artistically i feel like because to me I I never was interested in Will I Am in the, in, in them in the beginning mm-hmm. to real well, talk. I love them, but in the after beginning. Fergie came, <laughs> that's you know, the joint. I always felt that's like I always was hey, like I don't believe. Again. <laughs> that's I shit. didn't, but that was inauthentic to me. I'm like these niggas don't even. <laughs> that's not who they are. But seeing them later making these pop you hits, like hearing Will I Am produce all these mega monster pop hits for people and still rap while he's doing it and shit. But he looks more comfortable when they're making these pop music songs and he's dancing and wearing all the shit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's more close to who he is. I think that he was more afraid, him and some of the other artists may have been more afraid to do that and make those white sounding songs because they knew that niggas wasn't going to fuck with it. But once they blew up, they could be who they want to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That at least that's how I that's my POV on the Black Eyed Peas specifically. I mean, I think I that's totally. a completely fair POV because at the end of the day, we yeah. don't know. We don't know which don't. one was more of who he was. And even so, there uh, you bring up a good point too because I think in trying to be so real, a lot of times we almost do the opposite. We get boxed in because I know that that has happened with a lot of my peers who make music who started out one way because that was their story at the time. That was who they were in that moment in time. And they've been able to travel, grow beyond that, experience things that have now expanded their perspective, their point of view. And they want to kind of speak on those things too. And maybe share the, you know, maybe their style has changed. Like kind of like Andre Mm -hmm. 3000, he was one way in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then look how he completely morphed once his, life just started expanding his soul kind of expanded with it and so there is that that perspective which i do think is important that people do have the right to shift and morph and expand but i do think there is this level though like that's why the the episode with with isa when she was having that meeting and with the white man and he was kind of telling her like so you know uh we don't know about him because we got, you know, you got to water it down. You got to water it down. And it's always this boardroom of white people telling you how to present your work, your culture that they know nothing about. And it's something that I've come up against a lot. And the interesting thing is the bigger the campaign, the more people you have to sway, the more. And so it's like, yes, the money is great. The opportunities get bigger, but so do the chefs in the kitchen and so does the pressure to to conform and assimilate <laughs> your vision because you're like, okay, if I do this one thing and I get this one deal, then I can get this bigger deal. And you think that somehow by you continuing to climb that ladder and that you know so-called upward mobility that you'll have the opportunity somewhere later to be yourself when in reality it's only going to get harder <laughs> and then you see people like Issa, though, who I think, and not Issa the character, but Issa the executive, who has mm-hmm. done an incredible job, in my opinion, of being able to create works that really represent her world, who she is, how she sees it. I don't know how much she's had to water down. Obviously, we have no idea what she's had to go through and go up against in those boardrooms, but I think she's the closest I've seen to creating. Mm-hmm 
probably how she wants to create and having these executives that really back her up and support her vision. So there are exceptions, but I think upward mobility is an illusion in a lot of ways because I do think it's like the good Negro trope where some of us do break out of it because we're willing to play the game. But for the most part, it's still a system that was designed for white men to decide who can play and who can't. And it's very, and there's a wokeness about it where it's very like, until we're all free, (laughs) none of us are free type shit. But even in me moving here and I've been sharing just like the beauty of the ease and the peace, but there is also that element of like, let's say for example, my partner uh, wanted to go for a walk and it was six in the morning, still very dark. And I panicked a little bit. Mm-hmm. something in my heart kind of I got that ping in my body of him still being black and having face tats and grills and locks mm-hmm. and walking through the neighborhood in the dark where it's still not light out and just those things where it's like yes you've mm-hmm. made it but there's still an element of but we gotta play nice <laughs> and I hate that your mind even goes there Because even if you do it or don't, there's still that programming of how you've been raised to play nice. You know, your parents teach you uh, talk this way to cops, talk this way or don't be so loud or close your mouth or even in class, you know, stop talking so much. There's so many ways that you're trained to be a good black person so that people aren't afraid of you. And I hate that my mind even has to go there. Like we were on the porch setting up the porch lights and putting up plants and, and he came out with a speaker <laughs> to play music mm-hmm. and for two seconds I was like ah oh, shit you know like not the speaker mm-hmm. that's real yeah <laughs> but it's like and he looked at me like yes the speaker and he started playing funny enough <laughs> Erica Badu <laughs> <laughs> look at that tie in but it was like I hate that my mind goes there You know, because I have gone to private school since I was in the sixth grade. And it's almost like that programming was instilled in me on what it looks like to be the good representative of your race. And even though I don't play into those roles too often, especially now, like I kind of backed off from even wanting to be, quote unquote, in the game or in the system, because I realize how much of my self and my culture and my person I have to give up in order to be in those higher spaces. I've opted out in a lot of ways, um, but it's still there. It's still very much an intrinsic part of, of who I am now because I've played around white people and in those systems for so long that it's the first thing that comes to my mind where my partner can't even come out with a speaker to fucking play on and on while we put up some lights without me panicking. Because we live so in this nice neighborhood. You know what I mean? Imagine having a walk with those concerns every day, right? Mm-hmm. We're about to add another card to the pile. So imagine having to walk and exist in a world with those concerns and those very real thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Because I get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether I'm and, walking and behind then, women, I'm sure you got to consider, like, let me cross I'll the street. I've talked to y'all about right. that. It's late. So then throw the gay card on top okay. of that. So now you're dealing with all of that <laughs> right. shit, right? Then you gay, so you got to now think about how you're going to be received by your own motherfucking people. Right. When you walk into, off the strength of you walking into a room, let alone a person like me who's open about shit. So if I'm entering a room where somebody already knows who I am, they know that shit about mm-hmm. me. So they have now they're making a choice in the way that they engage and interact with me. And I have to read the room 
on that level on top of existing within the shit that you were just talking right. about. Just like we all got our shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm of saying? Of course. So it just, that's why for me, the idea of upper mobility is appealing because with that advancement comes power. And that is what that is what is lost sometimes in that messaging. The power to now create a space for, for yourself since you've made this money or have these resources. The point of it for me is to create a place where I can fully exist and work and thrive as myself without compromising that because of the work I did. I've created this company where now I'm empowered in a way where I don't have to answer to certain people about certain shit. Prime example, Tyler motherfucking Perry. Mm-hmm. You can say what you want about his art, whether it's your taste level or not, but Tyler Perry created, he built a damn house, okay? Mm-hmm. And Tyler Perry creatively and artistically is doing whatever the fuck he wants to do, much to the chagrin of black viewers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, but he's doing it, and it is not diluted. It is literally him writing whatever he wants to write from his and putting it on network television right. because of that. And he, he never diluted his vision his vision, and now he has the power to hire black talent, hire these actors, pay them well. Taraji P. Henson said Tyler Perry was the first person who paid me what I was worth Mm. without questioning it, okay? Mm -hmm. He can do that now because if you want to call it what he did, playing the game, then call it playing the game, but now he's in a position to create worry-free spaces for black people to not only just work in but thrive and be successful and advance in. And to me, when you look at the long game and the bigger picture, that is what, for me specifically, that is what it's about. Getting to a point where, okay, now I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I have what I need to be able to do it with, without having an answer to X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? I can do it. Right. That's just kind of the way I see it when it comes to like goals and why we work as hard as we do and why we end up in situ- situations where we may have to over explain things 30 times. I wrote on a television show where we had to literally, <laughs> I can't even tell you the layers of depth we had to I go remember. to communicate regular things just to get certain things to happen on the show. Right. So I get it. But if that's playing the game, that's what we had to do. Cause we did have, you know, trans talent on camera. Mm-hmm. We did have all these things that we had to fight for, but we fought. Mm-hmm. And if that's playing the game, then damn it. Okay. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think sometimes people automatically associate playing the game with a negative connotation or with a sacrifice of something, with a sacrifice to your integrity, compromising your integrity. And it, it just doesn't always look like that. It, that's a real part of mm-hmm. it, and it exists, and that's a real crossroads of choice that you may find yourself at as talent. But that's not all that quote unquote playing the game is. It's not all a bad thing. That's the only point I want to make. Right. Asante. I, uh, I agree with that main point that it's not all that, because I think when I think of upward mobility and I think of people trying to leave the pain, I, I know that there are like, I, let me start here. I've been a lot of black. Okay. Uh, <laughs> If we're going to use insecure, I just want to take us back to a moment in time where Molly had to work with old girl and her her peers were like, uh, you need to tell her she can't be acting like this at work. Oh, her and assistant. It, she was kind of like, yeah, I remember she was kind of like, um, this ain't my job. Like, I remember working in places where people kind of looked at me to be uh, 
uh, oh, he speaks so well. And then there would be other people that kind of would come in and they would be ghetto as hell. And then, you know, I'm in the back chilling with them like, yo, what's up? And then we going back out onto the floor and then we both putting on. But sometimes they would feel like the person's being a little too this or a little too that. So they're like, you need to tell them they need to calm down. And I was like, you need to check yourself. Like, I would literally have to talk to my management sometimes because luckily I worked with a, a, a gay woman. And so she would have to be like, oh, damn. But she was white. So she'd be like, you know what? Now that you say I like this, I'm like, yeah, you feeding into y'all's little system that y'all got going on. So it's like every now and then I'll see white people and they can kind of, they know what's up. And it's not that they're going to literally give up their seat because they know what's up. Because, <laughs> Like how how many white people are out here going broke t- because they really feel that bad about what what's happened to black people all <laughs> these years? How many like how many black people up in all the, all those people up in that room? They're all on one accord and it's to keep their shit going, whatever that means. So it's like they know if they bring you know a radical black person that teaches everybody else the you know how to get to that table. They don't want that. They already don't want to give up. They see to each other, let alone another black person. So that's why they keeping us out of there. So I feel like when we're out here doing what we do, it's our job to be authentic to ourselves until somebody, you know, is just like, you know what? Damn it. I got to just give up my seat. I, I don't I, I can't even be here no more. Or somebody croaks and then we end up there. Finally, I just feel like we just got to keep working because someone's always going to discount us for something. Like Dustin just told you, we got to add the, the the male and the gay card to it sometimes. Friend, you a whole woman. So sometimes people are looking down at you. They are counting you out from jump. Like we all have these things where people are going to take us down and it doesn't matter and if- And you fine. So you got to deal with that. <laughs> right. And you fine. So that's like a different type of okay. privilege. You know what I'm saying? That you're going to have to go up against. But I feel like we all- have to play the game we just literally need to figure out what that means to us and we and like dustin said it doesn't have to be a bad thing if you think that playing the game is you know turning your back on your people because you know back to crystal i was really struggling with moving into my building because i you know i don't know of any black property in new york city so it's not like i can just go and my i had a black landlord and that just didn't work out so well but i wanted you know black involvement (laughs) You know, I just I felt bad you. about. That's you why know what I was I'm still saying? in so, the hood, and but I messed up because me wanting to still be a part of my community, I moved into the quote unquote gentrifier building. <laughs> and you got a half-ass gentrifier. And and not only that, but like it became such a thing. Like my packages are being stolen, and a lot of shit was happening to the building because people wanted them out of the community. Rightfully so, it's the fucking gentrifier building. But it's like I was trying to live within my new means in my social mobility, but still be a part of my community. And it fucked me up because it's like you actually can't do that. You know, like if you you either going to stay in the hood, you're going to stay in the hood. or You're going to leave and then try to recreate community in that new neighborhood that you're in, which is kind of like what I'm looking to do here. You know, like. I'm here in the suburbs, but I want to still figure out how does our culture, uh, how where does our culture fit in this? And not that I'm trying to fit in anything, but I'm trying to just recreate my world here since I, I am here. And so, so friend. that's been the learning process for me because y'all saw what happened to me, which I didn't even share on the show. Like someone scaled my um my terrace Balcony. yeah mm-hmm. in in when i was living in brooklyn and stole a lot of shit from my terrace and mind you like there was that part of me that understood in this in a painful way like i get it i get it you know but it still was me so it was like damn brother like i'm out here trying to do better you know and and you taking from me like i'm you in in a different world so it's just like 
it hurt, but I got it, but it hurt, but I got it. And so that's what I'm saying. It's like this upward mobility shit hurts because you, you feel this, uh, almost like a survivor's guilt. Why did I have that teacher that got me out the public school and said, uh, Fran needs to be in private school. And because of his one conversation, he changed the trajectory of my entire life. That one conversation he had with my mom where he said, I think we need to put her in private school. And he got me the interview. So that whole thing of like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps that politicians love to put on us poor people where you can do it. You, you know, you, anyone can make it anywhere type bullshit, but it really was a lot of luck who also found me working because I was a hardworking kid, but it took that teacher that one convo, which is so scary to think about, that is that's that one thing that changed everything for me, you know, and led how me. How many other people are just one conversation away? One conversation away. away. And how changed. many people are not? And that's the part that right. hurts. That's the survivor's guilt that, like, we get the scraps of this system that wasn't designed for us. And then the few of us who are the quote-unquote exceptions get to tell speeches when we win awards <laughs> and speeches when mm-hmm. we get to the top of you can do it too. And it's a lie. And that's why Fine. I wanted to have this conversation about upward mobility because to me it's an absolutely an illusion. A few of us get out and, and live the dream, whatever the fuck that looks like. But most of us that are out are also playing a game that does not allow for your full self or your community to come with you. Fran, I I'm getting ready like to look up upward mobility by definition just so I can see literally what it is. It course. says the capacity or facility for rising to a higher social or economic position. Being a good so Negro. The capacity <laughs> or facility for rising <laughs> to a higher social, so that's the good Negro, but, or economic position. Right. And I guess in my mind, I associate the the term or upward mobility with Progress. the latter of the, the two. Right, with, yeah. With, a, with rising in an economic, path, mm-hmm. the economic position. Mm-hmm. I don't even think about the higher social part because that's not important to me. Right, that's, that's not, not what you're how looking we are. for. We don't fuck with the, yeah. yeah. We don't give a fuck Friend. about none of that. But some people do, mm-hmm. and so I guess for them, you're right. Let them know now. It's absolutely an illusion because if you you think just by you getting rich, you know that you're not you still black outside. Like it just yeah. You know, like, like no, I got to this house where my neighbors right where my neighbors are looking at me like, how is she living in there? It's less of like, oh, look at this wonderful young black girl. It's how does she live in there? That's why my neighbor, which I said I wasn't going to talk about, was shocked when she saw that car service because she's like, what? What does that girl do? Yeah. And it becomes a thing. And so that's what I'm saying. Like yes. Some of us make it out. That gag and she gagged when she <laughs> saw that. I'm sorry, that but you know, it's like some of us do make it out, but are we really making it out? And I think that that's the, what I've been reckoning, what I've been facing, especially with those little pings that have been hitting my body the past couple of weeks with my partner wanted to bring out the speaker with him going for a walk. And I appreciate him because he understands where I'm coming from when I feel these things. Obviously he's not Crenshaw where he's like, fuck, Yo, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's also like very him and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to walk through at six in the morning. And if somebody comes up to me and say some shit, 
I know where I live and he's very cool with that. And he has that solidness about him that I appreciate because it, it, it scares me, but it also puts me at ease that that's just what it is. You know, like that's just what it is. And I think having that, yeah. And having that combo with Kia, even, you know, the games that she's had to play living in the neighborhood she's in. And even in her, because um, you want to take it to education, her PhD and the job that she ha- holds is a very, very high position in education. But there's a lot that she goes through because people literally tell her, oh, as an academic, you have your PhD. You shouldn't have that podcast. You shouldn't be on Getting Grown talking about the trash segment or cursing. You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be on YouTube. There's just no room for that side of Kia, but that still is Kia. And and so we've had that convo of her trying to find her place in all this because, yes, she's this, you know, scholar, this academic in high ranks. But like, so do I have to temper who I am in order to still be up there? And like, or do I fight to come as my full self and then life is always a fight. And that's the part that I'm saying. It's like, it's always a fight. You, you come into mm-hmm. these spaces, but like Dustin said earlier, just because you made it doesn't mean there's less pressure or less challenges, or new levels, new devils type shit. And so that's kind of what I, I was looking to tap into. And I'm glad that you guys, you know, felt these things too. And I love even our opposing, course, our opposing views on it because it's important for everyone to see all sides. I love all the perspectives, but... I think yeah. I've been just thinking a lot more, you know, like because I've like I've shared just how much my life has shifted. It's really made me reconcile a lot of these things in my brain and even the survivor's guilt and how I have to move living here. And the fact that I even have to think about how I have to move, you know, and then seeing that episode of Insecure where that topic of them coming up against each other of like, I'm a real person. And then her being like, I get it, but we got to play the game. And that conversation with the executive with Crystal. And, and then the last piece too, shout out to Justina of the jungle, who we know is a peer mm-hmm. of ours, good friend of mine who has, I mean, she's killing it. Her, her business mm-hmm. is massive. She's in target booming. booming. She's an anthropology. She has books out. She designs her own stuff. I mean, she is the top of the top. And she was sharing that she that she barely could get a loan to buy her house mm. because she didn't have the job that's like the W-2 forms, you know, with these tax forms and everything just kind of worker bee status. You know, like you're not a worker bee. You have made it out of our matrix and we don't fuck with that. And it's almost like even if you choose not to play the game and you opt out and kind of make it in your own way, they still make shit hard for you because now she had to figure out, well, how the fuck am I going to buy a house for my family when I'm doing well, but I've opted out of these systems. There's always, it's like it always reroutes you and brings you back to the system and the ways that you will not be able to succeed or upward you know, the upward mobility if you don't play into something. And she was sharing that. And I actually appreciated that she was that transparent on her Instagram sharing, like, how she almost did not get her house. She's almost getting didn't get older, it. Getting mm-hmm. older. Getting older is a motherfucker, right? Because as I age and as I get older, I have completely abandoned 
the idea or the theory that, that you know, I'm going to reach a finish line of life and right. have an easeful, you know, existence. I know enough, I've had enough experiences, and I have seen enough to be firmly convicted, okay, that life at this point for me is about finding the sweet spot of balance in all areas. Right. Yes, I'm going to face adversities and challenges. Nothing that I want is going to be easy to attain, and I just know it. So I don't think that I'm ever going to break through, even with like my career pursuits. I'm going to get to a point where I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. <laughs> Amen. You know what I mean? And really put good art out there. But even then, I know that there will be bumps in the road. And so I've abandoned that and just concentrated on being, I guess my focus has shifted to preparedness, right? Mm -hmm. And the importance of that. Just prepare yourself, Dustin. Continue to work hard. Continue to train. Continue to get smarter. Get more knowledgeable. Sharpen your blade, so to speak, so that when these things come, you are prepared. Mm -hmm. And you can come up with a solution. That is what my focus has shifted to. So I've abandoned that. I guess that's why for me, like I said, my, my definition of upward mobility or what I automatically associate it with is the economic rising, mm -hmm. not so much the social standing. Right. So... I'm glad and thankful for this conversation too, goddammit. So good, right? I feel like these are things yeah. that that we have to talk about in our communities because politicians, you know, I saw a speech, I forget who Barack Obama was talking about. Somebody he was presenting Barack an Obama, award to. <laughs> and you know, he was doing that same trope of you could be anything in America and look mm -hmm. at me and I did it. And it's like, okay. And that's what I'm saying. The few of us that get out <laughs> like to dance around. I'm gonna keep it real. Mm -hmm. As I as I get that mic, they keep giving me that damn mic for bigger stages and larger audiences. I'm going to keep it real. But my work <laughs> is to figure out how to be able to keep it real. Within the space and still infiltrate figure out, in my messaging, figure out how to still get that real shit out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But creatively figure out how to do it. Right. I feel like that is what my that's my job, so to speak. I have to be the one to figure out how to do that. And I'm I am committed to that. I'm always going to be dusting. I'm always going to kick real shit when it's time to talk. Okay? And I love that. And, I love and, that you feel that way because I'm in the other spectrum where I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to untether from even trying to infiltrate any systems and just yeah. like create a life that is less about wanting things, needing to be things, needing more of this, the quote unquote American dream. Cause it's, you know, they do train us to be worker bees from school all the way in elementary school to college, just train you, be quiet, do this, do that, do this to them work in these shitty jobs not be able to pay your school loan back, can't buy your house. It's all designed for you to just be depressed, in my a opinion, failure. a failure, and then feel bad. And then they tell you speeches like, anyone can make it. Put yourself on the bootstraps. Right. And you're like, what the fuck? I can't. I'm trying. I mean, and you got to raise a family on and top And you got to raise a family. You're like, I did everything right. I went to school. I did all this, got the job. So why am I still suffering? And then it's just, you know, it's like it's designed so crazy. And then the few of us that's that, that get out you're just like what the fuck is going on you know because everyone's looking to you like goals you're so inspiring but it just all feels off and i think i know you know what i mean so for me it's a it's well, an untethering a job handling it well that's what i'm saying it, to me it's an untethering for sure like i want to figure out how to want less and be more and and mm -hmm. and kind of pull in my community in the meantime 
because the less white people I have to, you know, water myself down for, or tap dance for, or work for, I feel like that's the untethering I'm looking for. And that's just the reality of shit. Like, and I don't want to make a blanket statement because there are a couple of executives that I've worked with. Like, I have a, a great campaign coming up that's dropping next week. And there's, you know, campaigns here and there because the same way that I'm an exception, there's always white people that are exceptions as well and they get what it is and they're fighting too, you know? So I won't make the blanket statement, but for the most part, I love that we have these opposing views, Dustin, because while you're trying to infiltrate, I'm trying to untether. And I think that that... We just got to work together. In tandem, okay? <laughs> Look at you spraying. So I love that yeah, I because it shows people that the you can fight in, in many different ways and you have to many do what aligns ways. with your life, what you're looking for, and what feels right to you. And I think that what's dope is, even though we absolutely have like different visions for like how we want to make an impact, that's what our work is rooted mm -hmm. in. We're aligned in that way. Mm -hmm. I want to be a huge voice so that I can kick that real shit to people exactly. and help the world. You get what exactly. I'm saying? You want to pull away so that you can get closer to work that helps the world and doing your, it's all it's all good intentions and that's why we well, that's why we fuck with each other. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we hold space. We hold space for. We hold space. You damn sure. <laughs> you got a room over here. Both of y'all got rooms. Asante. Your own rooms, okay. Jack and G is shit. I got to share the bathroom. <laughs> Asante, anything you want to add? <laughs> I mean, look, success is personal to each individual. And Period. I feel like some of us are meant to be. You know, we're all winners in whatever right it is. We just got to figure out what that is. We all gonna, are going to have to learn for the rest of our lives. We're not going to die knowing anything perfectly. We're literally going to have to learn something as we go on for the rest of our days. Each and every day, you're going to learn something. Friend, that one person that, that changed your trajectory, that was for you. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that you have to stay in the hood. Whoever climbed your terrace, that was for you to let you know, like, hey, girl, you've done what you need to do here. Now you need to go out there. So now, like, these are all, like, signifiers for you. Every sure. time something bad happens to me, I always say, oh, this is rerouting. We need to, you know, figure out how we're going to get over this or get through this. Or, wait, we're not supposed to step over this. We're supposed to actually build a new foundation to move forward. Like, it's all a game, but it, the game is your life. The game is not that system, okay? Mm -hmm. If the game is that system, it's that system for a time you know what i'm saying like it's a playstation 4 it's an xbox it's just a, a sponsorship you just play until however long you're done when that creeps into your personal life you got to remember you're at home these people are going to at some point realize you know what this is a human being i need to back off or you know i need to know like what's going on with them so i can figure out like you know how i can be of service or how i can you know be on out the way you unfortunately because we are black it's easier to think that than actually do that, right? Because we're not ASAP Rockies and we can't just sit up here and pretend like, oh, well, I done made my bag so I can go out here and show my ass on my lawn. Right. You do still have to, like, I, I do get the fact that, you know, you do still got to look over your shoulder kind of because you don't want the white folks to think that you a threat. Mm -hmm. But you already have proven everything that you've needed to prove. So as long as you are authentically yourself at this point in your new, in your new neighborhood where you now have space, you're probably going to attract more honey or more bees right. with that honey than trying to keep everybody out. So I guess maybe that's why you're protective because you know you're going to bring some things your way. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean... 
I don't want you to think that you're going to bring something your way and it's going to be like, now you have to sign here and sell your soul because, friend, <laughs> you attract such great things. So I know it can be overwhelming, especially True. with that sur that survivor's guilt. <laughs> like, mm -hmm, that man. is very, very, very real. But unfortunately, this is one of the reasons why I feel like I'm like a highly functioning, depressed person. Like, slavery has existed on this timeline. It's all trash. That's why it's so hard for me to tap into certain conversations. But mm -hmm. I don't want you to lose hope and focus. And I don't want not to say that you need to think about upward mobility every way. I just want you to, as you would say, zoom out and look at it differently from a different scope. See, but see, but I just want to add to that, too, because I think you might be misunderstanding. It's not a hope or focus thing. It's an it's just that I think. I'm interested in a different trajectory that has nothing mm -hmm. to do with a seat at the table. Mm. I don't want a seat at the table. Yeah, I don't so want to tap something dance. I don't want to prove anything because I already know what I bring to the table and I'm not diluting that vision to play nice. So it's less about, oh, I'm losing hope. The world just sucks. And more just like there has oh, no, to be a different way. I am. Oh, <laughs> No, that, no, that's, that's where, like I'm, that's where I, I'm done with this existence for real. Right, for real. Like I'm just trying to empower yeah, other people as I It's untethering because it's exhausting. It's exhausting to always have to pretend to play a role. You know, like I see shit like even <laughs> just to, for laugh's sake, like Diddy, as far as he's gotten to put out that song with that girl in blackface, you know, like little things like that where it's like. That it's terrible just, song. It's just like way. these games that people still are willing to be a part of. It's just so silly to me and it's frustrating. And it's just like, why aren't like, do you get what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, I just yes. want to untether <laughs> from the nonsense and yeah. the game and the tap dancing and the shit that people are down to do for their culture just because they're trying to be seen as having made it or being in the top or a gatekeeper or whatever, like the executive toe crystal. So it's like, I just don't want to play that game. I want to start yeah. a whole other system that's more about us and what we can create. You remember <laughs> they said that Martin Luther King, after all these years of trying to be like, segregation is bad. Right before he died, he was like, I think I fucked up. <laughs> he started realizing <laughs> that he was walking his people into a fire because it was more about them having to prove something than just being able to be. And so that's where I'm at with it. And I think that that's why I love that we all had opposing views because we can kind of, somebody's going to connect with either side of what was being said. Or they're so, going to say y'all all saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Not or that we're all crazy. Either way, I love this right. conversation. I'm so glad that y'all were down to have it. And shout out to Kia and Crystal and even Insecure and mm -hmm. all the little bits and pieces that kind of just came together for me today. I know who the executive was. You know who the executive is? I know who they were. And they, yep. they are a person who... <laughs> how can I say Right, that? how do you say no, it without saying it? We've, so say we've had a conversation about... <laughs> This person mm -hmm. before, friend. Mm -hmm. I know who it yep. is. Yo, you can't not ahead. know who it is because they I know I, they I automatically represent knew who it was when you said that. game yeah. so well that it's like that's why I don't want to play. That's why I don't want to play. Friend said, see, this the friend y'all don't know. <laughs> <laughs> friend said this person is not who they appear to be. Nope. Basically, nope. that's what she said. That's what friend said. And you know what? <laughs> it wasn't talking shit, it was calling it out. <laughs> that's what it was. I knew exactly who it was. I knew exactly who you and were talking about. And that's what I, I just, exactly like, even I know Dave Chappelle's under fire right now, rightfully so, but 
remember when he left the money on the table, he said it was because he mm-hmm. saw this white executive that was laughing at him. And that's when he not realized, with not with him, and it was something about having made it, being at the top 50 million on the table, that in that moment he was like, this isn't even for us. You know what I'm saying? This is for them, for their entertainment. And there was something about that that has just kind of been ringing true in the work we create, in the neighborhoods we live in. And it's just like, that's the part that I'm, I'm just feeling out right now. I was worried. I was worried when that happened with Dave Chappelle because remember when he walked away from that fifty million dollar deal, the nigga literally went back to Africa. Remember? <laughs> yes. like, and at once, so once the headlines came out and they was like, you know, he was doing some racist shit at the network. I'm like, Nick Dave. I'm like, did they tell the nigga like, go back to Africa, motherfucker? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, Dave, you should know. You of all people need word. It's wordplay. You ain't really have to actually. I'm so mad. You know, you have to take it literally. That nigga went back to Africa, like they said. <laughs> So I was like, damn, he really went through that was some and shit. He went he through went some through. shit, okay? Shit like this will make you went back to will face some things on who in you is asking for what you want and why and what it is it that and what is it that you're trying to prove. And for me, where I'm at now is what does your life look like if you have nothing to prove? And that's where I want to end the conversation. So Carisha. Carisha. That's who it look. What your life look like, <laughs> young Miami. Cause she don't have nothing, she don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes. So let's bring in the wind chimes. This week's wellness segment is going to be very quick. Y'all know when I left, I had to give away all of my plants. I was very sad, but they're beautiful. I know, Asante, you saw them in Crystal's house. They look amazing. I be seeing them. I be patting them. Yes. (laughs) Check on them ones at Jade. And then Jade has the other half, you know, the ones that Noah was mad at me about. Why why would you give my mom all these plants? She already has so many of them. She snapped at me. I was like, I'm so sorry, girl. But I love you, Noah. But um, I, I was her. lucky that my friends were able to take them. But, you know, when I got here, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to start from scratch. And I kind of went ham the first couple weeks going to all the local nurseries and ordering from Bloomscape. And then we were looking up because one of the things that was stolen from my terrace back in Brooklyn was my bike, who I had spent so much money on that bike. It was like a dope Trek bike. It was very expensive. So now I don't want an expensive bike anymore. Literally, my partner and I were looking on this app called OfferUp. Have y'all used that app before? Yeah. Amazing app. I ain't buy nothing on it. I've seen it, though. It's amazing. Sound like off-track betting. (laughs) It's an app where people are locally selling things um, and you can go pick them up because it's based on where you live. So he was looking for bikes for us. And then I was like, you know what? I wonder if people sell plants because the app is really for people who are moving from that area and are just trying to get rid of stuff. I know I got put onto it through Maya, actually, because that's the app that she used to sell everything in her apartment when she was leaving the States. 
uh, it was a mixture of her calling people, asking what you wanted, <laughs> and her putting shit on offer up. And it was crazy because within like a week or two, she sold her it whole apartment and made back thousands of dollars, you yes. know, which was awesome because she was able to use that when she moved and buy the new stuff she wanted. So I was like, okay, I'm going to keep that app in mind. Um, I'm a little weird when it comes to furniture. Like, I like my furniture new because I'm a tourist. That's just how we move. But there's little things like plants where and bikes and, you know, those types of everyday things that I was like, I'm totally down uh, PTSD to get a cheaper bike. <laughs> and I started looking up plants and all these people who were moving were giving away these massive plants, you guys. Like, I'm talking about big, like the ones I gave to Crystal for nothing. Like little shop of horrors. Little shop of horrors <laughs> as plants for nothing, for pennies, because they're pressed for time or they just, you know, they're like, here, take it for 20 bucks. We got a huge fig tree that is at least six feet tall for like 80 bucks, which in stores would be, would wow. range you anywhere from $200. And then you get the planter, it's going to be another 50. I mean, we literally, I have like 40 plants in my house now. I went kind of crazy. How do you sage a plant, friend? Sage it? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, if it came from, you I know, feel you. you know, no, you but that's real. Shit. So do you, like, do you, like, clean it up energetically? No, you just let the you put it in the, the dirt smoke. and let the sage grow? <laughs> you do. How you do you it? You let the smoke go, cover the plant, and then you talk to the plant. You tell them you're stepping into a new house, a new home with new people, new hearts. I don't know what you've been through. I hope that they treated you well, but right now you're about to step into a house of love and everything's going to be great. You are blessed. You with I me. I think you need to get... <laughs> A grater, like a cheese grater, <laughs> and run that sage across it and put that sprinkle over the dirt. You are so funny. No, but it's true, though. You know, everything has energy, which is honestly why I don't, I, as a preference, that I don't buy furniture just because I feel like people have been sitting, laying. Da -da -da. I don't want to smell nobody else's ass. That part, too. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, the furniture is nice because a lot of people are giving up stuff that is super gotta good go. and just they got to go. You know, some people even have furniture on there that they didn't even get to use, but they missed their return window for whatever reason. You know, we get caught up in shit and they just have to get it out of the house. Um, so if you're someone that is newly moved or maybe not even newly moved, but furnishing houses is expensive. OK, anybody will tell you that it's Asante. I'm sure I'm still missing some pieces. We're going okay. through that, And then you get frustrated because <laughs> you want to be settled so badly. But everything costs so much money. You want to get a rug. It's a thousand dollars. You want to get a side table. Thousand dollars. You want a table. My couch ain't coming until December. And then the ports are are backed up, so now you're having 15-week waits on a freaking runner for your hallway. <laughs> so it's like OfferUp is an amazing app that is cheaper. A lot of the stuff is nice. It's local, so you can go pick it up. Only thing, obviously, be safe because it's still an app with strangers. Um, I know the girl that we met yesterday to pick up the, the fig tree. <laughs> she had us meet her at the Safeway parking lot. <laughs> I was down because I completely understood it's a woman you know I'm a woman so I know what that's like to be a little nervous about you know having your address on this thing or giving out your address another lady just put the plant uh on a on the steps in front of her building so we didn't know the apartment but we knew the building you know there's ways to do it be safe whether you're selling whether you're buying but I wanted to put that into your awareness because it's honestly amazing even bikes like the trek bike 
that cost me over a thousand dollars, we found a similar one for two hundred bucks on OfferUp. Mm. Oh, wow! Literally Girl, the that's same 80%. bike. Oh. Okay, <laughs> and it's in good condition. It's beautiful. It's a guy that just had a ton of bikes, and I guess he just like a bike connoisseur person hoarder. and right hoarder <laughs> and he wanted well, to give some <laughs> i'm in the market i can i pay you can pay for this cross-country <laughs> shipping at that price that is a steal. i'm telling you we found beautiful trek My bikes God. that are like no more than two three hundred dollars on average and anyone will tell you these bikes are upwards of a thousand plus so Better not mm. be no bald ass tires on it though. I know. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Slide, slide, slippy, here's slide. the thing: most people also kind of like fix them up a little before selling them too. Like I know the one that we oh. saw had like new new tires, and even the grips on the handles were brand Hell new. Yeah. New seat, they kind of clean it up a little so they can sell it for the three hundred. Definitely a new seat. We just got through talking about asses <laughs> on furniture. Definitely a new seat. So if your if your apartment needs a refresher, or maybe you need to give some things away, or maybe you trying to get some plants like I did and don't want to spend an arm and a leg, go ahead and go on OfferUp. It's an app. It's also a website. And go ahead and, and and get what you need. There's a lot of good stuff up there. Just wanted to put that out for our community. Love the idea. Such a good idea, and it's local. Like I said, we literally met the girl ten minutes away from where we are. So, okay. That's it for the hot button. And that's You're it for the well. I, my body was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Music Man, <laughs> what you got for us this week? <laughs> well, not a lot of talking that I need to do. No artists to mention. We're just going to get for, to the songs to play. So, all right. You know, I've been living with a lot of old albums. A lot of new stuff did come out, but I've been living. I'm still living on Lil Nas X's project. You know what I'm saying? Aw, I love that. That project is really, really good. Like there are like some really like nice moments there, and I I just can't stop living in the mess. So you know, shout out to Lil Nas X. Um, friend, I, mm-hmm. I just have to be nosy. Please tell me what you and all your plants have been listening to. Oh yeah. So shout out to the insecure playlist because one thing Issa mm-hmm. Rae and radio and our brands is going to do is give you some good music that you've either never heard before or some new music from our artists that literally they wrote it just for that show which is so cool it's always a special treat wow. but she has the insecure uh, official playlist up on Spotify you can literally type that in word for word and it will pop up Right now, I mean, how many songs? I don't even know how many. Like, look, I'm just scrolling, and it's just song after song after song. Mm-hmm. She has yeah, writing Damn, camps. And loaded. Okay, she has writing camps, too, that, that meet up before each season. That's how they get all these exclusive records. I saw Jesse. Shout out to Jesse Boykins III, who you can catch him yes. on the woo on our Patreon.com slash the Friendzone podcast. Right. He just dropped a song on there with Alex Isley, which made me so happy because it was two of my favorite people. Um, and he was part yeah, of the yeah, writing yeah. camp, too. And he had been sending me pictures. It was like him sitting on a couch with Nick Hakeem, India, Sean. I was like, yo, hey. the literal dream team. But I, there's a song called Sunbathe. Now, I don't know if I'm saying this artist's name right. I think it's Tiny. It's T-A-I-N-Y. Tamika Cottle. <laughs> Well, Harris, now. I don't know if it's Tiny. She was tiny. an escape, friend. You know Tiny. <laughs> I don't know if it's Tiny, 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 but someone in that world with Miguel, Dustin. This one's mm. Ooh, come on. Play it. Play it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called Sunbathe, and this is how it goes. 
Dustin Ross, what you been letting into? All right. Um, damn, I don't even know where to start this week. So we'll start here. Um, this artist, shout out to my boy Tim Wallace. Um, shout out to Tim Wallace, great hairdresser, hairstylist. That's my friend. We was kicking it while I've been in, since I've been in LA, and he was playing this song yesterday that was the shit, and I shazammed it. So he ain't even That's know, but best. I was shazamming the music. <laughs> This the jam. It's by this artist named her name is underscore ISA. So I believe it's her name is Issa, but that's how you spell her name. Um, and the song is called Don't Work Like That off of her Get Me Project. Getting dressed I music, love that. right? That's dope. Total vibe. This next song is called My Everything by B Love. And this be from Cash, not from YouTube. <laughs> she acting older, she want me to spank it. Battle best, not basic. Gave my time, you better not waste it. We catch out, no way in. Like, we just gonna up a rotation. Feel like we're cause the way that I aim at. Like, ain't no way you could go when them bullets all rain. Like, no, I ain't mad, that ain't my whole life. Last song is by Jack Boy. It's called You Can Go Na Na Na. Switch out on 
Okay? <laughs> That's for anybody that's got a, a punk-ass, ho-ass ex. You can listen to that song and you feel better. Bell. That's it for me this week. <laughs> okay, okay. Justin Ross had the heat. His naive. Um, not going to play it. I should have mentioned this during Artist to Mention, but Chris Brown and Mario, Mario they have a, a new love single. It. Um, it's called Get Back. It's Mario's song featuring Chris Brown, I should say. But uh, in the interim, my Spotify on my phone has been set to offline mode for whatever reason. So I have a couple of artists that I want to play. Megan The Stallion, you know, she dropped something love for the Heidi's, which is a bunch of freestyles and songs. Oh, well. Huh. Friend, lit. oh friend. For real. When you listen to it, there are... There's tracks on tracks on tracks. She literally did do something for the hotties, and I appreciate her. I love her, and I thank her so much. This particular song I'm going to play is called Bagels. It's a hot one. Here we are. Twice, cause he heard me right. I'ma keep switching these niggas if they keep doing shit that I don't fucking like. No bitch, you fuck with bad as me. Bitch ain't cover no magazine. Bitch, I walk in Chanel, point at the shell. Biggest bag me, please. He'll probably put it on the set. Probably even put it on his mama. He'll even put it on his kids, but I already know what he did. He'll lie. Rich nigga, me, please. Real big dick, real big bag on him. I want a nigga who cost so expensive, he don't let his homeboys crash on it. Real nigga, me, please. Hey, let's get dressed like Kim Ye. Hey, sit quite like Keisha and Gucci. Rich like Jay and Beyonce. That's uh, that song is called that, Bagos. Let me tell you, that album literally that should have been an album. That hot that this whole project it is nonstop good ass tracks for real. I was I was impressed. She that probably didn't an album. feel the pressure. You know, like the album has such pressure to it, and she probably could just make music how she wanted, and it ends up being better than the album half the time. That's the sad part. Yes. And so she decided to give us all that good music in one place and dropped it Halloween, something for the hotties. That, that was, was Bagels. I like to call that song Real Nigga Me Please because she says it and it's just <laughs> so hot. Real Nigga Me Please. Hey. Um, yes. Also dropped I like last... Megan's piano. Oh, yes. Meg... I was going to play Meg... Megan's piano. I was going to introduce that from Lizzo's flute to Megan's piano. I was going to play that, but I stuck with Bagels. But yes. taste, Dustin, taste. Um, mm-hmm. Also, an artist that just recently dropped, Sa Baby, he dropped a project called Do It For Demon. This is S-A-H-B-A-B-I-I. That's Sa Baby. <laughs> Look, Jesus if you're Christ. stuck on that name, wait till you get to this, right. na- this the name of the song. The name of this song is called <laughs> Buffalo. Where's my say? <laughs> <laughs> Look, frankincense and myrrh. Okay, <laughs> this song is called Buffalo or Buffalo. Chick Fil A. I don't know. I'm don't saying. say it a lot. B o o f a l a y. So that's the name of the song, and this is how I go. Dunk, dunk. 
she still got some junk in the trunk. It's a bullfighter. 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 Make that pussy pop, pop, pop. She got that wah, wah, wah. I make it sing kumbaya. That's bullfighter. As he said in the song. <laughs> and moving right along. <laughs> Shay well, the name the name of this album is called Till Death. But Shay Crew, right. he has right. <laughs> Chris Brown and uh Drake sampled uh his song uh, No Guidance uh <laughs> Till I Die. <laughs> Till Look, I Die. The, Jesus. The song was called Till I Die. Uh that was the song. <laughs> That was sampled for no guidance. You know, in the part when they're like, "Die, die, my fuck you, crazy." Like yeah. you remember at the at no guidance. Oh yeah, yeah, at the beginning, yeah. So that. Yeah, you wanna Okay, so the artist that uh, made that his name is Shay E. Crew, and so on the, the album that he has now is called Till Death. There's a deluxe version. There, this song is called One Million, and it go like this. The makeup, fuck the makeup. Shorty fuck the makeup, you don't get caked up, get the money up, rake it up, get caked up, yeah. She put it on me, I feel it. I put it in her and I feel it. Baby, yeah, you the realest. Finding me a real bitch. Baby, I'm in love with your realness. When you give me sexual healing, she be making me high like the ceiling. Baby, fuck it, saying you a million. Try you make me feel rich like a million Rock, rock with me, baby, I get my million You won't catch me fucking till my music turn really on So I give it to her while we listening to Gizzy on I love eating pussy that look like it got a gillion Fucking short pussy made me feel like I'm really long She said put me on, give me some, but it's really strong She said I feel like a fiend, but I'm clean and she ain't really wrong That's Shay Crew He's like an emo rapper, singer He's my kind of guy I listen to all of his projects Thank you so much, Shade Crew, for that <laughs> And thank you for all the music I listen to it all the time It's in my Party Next Door playlist with Summer Walker um, That's a sort of vibe So shout out to him And that's it for music Unless anybody else has anything else they want to add Yay, No, nope. we're ready for TV Alright Well then Dustin Ross, it's all on you What have you been watching? B.M. motherfucking F you got to watch BMF on Stars, me and friends' favorite show currently. And we are just blown away. We, I speak for me and her, me and friend, <laughs> hey friend, hey, the brand, the business. I'm speaking for her. So, <laughs> woo! So, but I've been watching BMF. I'm hooked. I'm obsessed with the story of Big Meech and uh, his brother Terry. And I told my brother, because Halloween just passed, I was like, nigga, you motherfucker, we should have been BMF for Halloween. I was like, why you ain't think of that shit? I, how I'm mad at him, because I didn't think of the idea soon enough. But uh, I love BMF. I'm so sick of the mother and father on BMF that I don't know what to do, which means the actors are doing knockout jobs. Right. But I hate they mama and I hate they daddy. Stop acting shocked. Bitch, you knew these niggas were selling drugs in your damn house. You knew they saved your damn house. And what point are you, the father, and I'm talking to the daddy, what point are you proving by, I'm not going to stay in this house if they didn't save it paying drug? You damn, you wasn't going to stay in this house if they didn't save it paying it with drug money. That's what you need to realize. So they're just driving me fucking crazy. 
Cash Doll is doing such a great job. I was so conflicted as a fan watching it because she got, I know it's it's Monique I'm watching, not Cash Doll, but it's, it was Cash Doll getting snatched up in the scene through the middle of the goddamn uh, security bars on the door. And she, it looks so real. So she did such a good job. That Arkeisha Knight, she's just, she's glowing when almost about to give birth now and doing such Aww. a great job on BMF on Stars. I just, that Cash Doll, she's just something <laughs> special. And watch her video for Single and Happy with Wale and Eric Bellinger. Because that's a good song. And the video is really dope. It um, is. Both. Also, ain't it? Yeah, the song and the video. It? Honestly, it made me think to myself, I need Rick Ross or somebody to like drop a check and some production with, with Cash Doll right quick. Like Rick Ross would sound really good on that. Like just she um, she's very luxury rap. So Cash. also in television news, the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion starts next Sunday. So this Sunday coming up will be part one of the reunion. It's four parts. The reunions are the best scenarios, and what makes this reunion special is two things. Number one, we're back to the original seating. So during COVID, first of all, they was having virtual reunions. Then mm. when they did have them in person, everybody was like nine feet apart in single chairs. Now we back on the couch. Okay. They are sitting next to each other, cussing each other the fuck out, <laughs> and I can't wait to see it. The second reason to watch is because Nicki Minaj makes an appearance. You know, she had joked and said she was going to host a reunion. I talked about it here before. La but Mickey. she actually did come out and do a segment. Like, Nicki Minaj actually <laughs> came out and asked some questions. And if you watch the trailer for the reunion, when it opens up, you can hear the audio of some of the questions that she asked. Mm. She's asking Giselle if her and Robin ever messed around. She's <laughs> asking Wendy. She said, well, they made cheating rumors about your husband, but he's on IG following a bunch of booty models. She Whoa. asked Ashley. Um, she asked Ashley. She said, you sure you didn't drag your breast milk down to Williamsburg to see, get you some extra camera time and stir up mess in the house? Like, she's going the fuck there on this. So... <laughs> We're going to watch it, and we're going to watch all four parts. Um, so watch that. Third thing I want you all to pay attention to, Love and Marriage Huntsville. I have never in my life seen a nigga as ignorant <laughs> as Martel Holt. And uh, the person that people have a lot of problems with, Candace Dillard on Real Housewives of Potomac and Dr. Heavenly on Married to Medicine using your mama as an insult or a response to ignorant-ass behavior. But the person who needs to be told your mama is Martel Holt because his mama brought her ass on the show and is literally pacifying him. Mind you, Martel broke his family up and had a baby outside of the marriage, and she, his mother, said, but y'all don't need to gang up on him. Y'all ain't going to be ganging up on him. Anytime he's called out about it or, you know, forced to take accountability, he I've just never seen anybody as ignorant in my life. So it makes great TV. Watch it. And that Yikes. is who you need to be told your mama. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of other things we can talk about, but we'll go on to a deeper dive in the gated community of Patreon dot com slash the friend zone podcast where you can have access Speak to exclusive it. video content brand new solo shows from the three of us as well as video uh footage of us recording this here motherfucker you're listening to right now <laughs> so go over there Ad and free. join please we appreciate it uh we love to have you sign up whenever you wish come on over the doors of the patreon come on down open. come on down okay and you know That's what right. let me shout out also our discord they sent us the funniest tweet saying that they feel like the black sheep of the friend zone family because we shout out everybody but them. <laughs> they feel I'm sorry, abandoned. They feel overlooked. They feel lonely. They feel sad. So we love you over on Discord. As if they're in Discord. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. 
We appreciate you. We definitely see you. We love that y'all are running things out out there without even needing us, really, because I see they keep the conversation going. They were hitting us up about adding features. They wanted us to add some kind of music player so they can, like, have listening rooms and sessions with their favorite artists. So, you know, I love it. They're kind of... That's dope. Hit us up, Spotify, so we can make that happen. A cute little Spotify partnership to create that. Uh Uh-oh, listen to that. that. So definitely... Mm -hmm. Elliot Wilson title. Sorry, (laughs) friend, but we got to get... We got to plant the seeds, child. So Elliot Wilson and the people over at Title, that would be a dope little thing for us to do. Create that for our audience. Let's do that. And that's what it is. Apple Music, hell. (laughs) Yeah. With that being said, we love you so much. We thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. That's right. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes.